We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. What's up, everybody? It's the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. I was not present yesterday. Nice day off. Back in the saddle today. We're still close enough to the Super Bowl, hopefully to talk about it, because I still have... I don't even think it's a hot take, but I've got a take from the game. I was going into it thinking there was more on the line than many. So I want to get to that. There are more quarterback rumors today we've had one basically for every show today we might have two i love it keep it coming keeps carson wentz continues to be one of them i think the eagles are the one doing this by the way every day i think they're putting something out there they just want to remind everybody hey come get this guy he doesn't want to be here we don't really want him here we need to move on and we can't cut him so i think the eagles are going on a full media blitz to get carson wentz out of town So that's something to talk about. Russell Wilson firing things up today on the quarterback rumor mill. And some hockey stuff, too. Pittsburgh is doing something very strange that nobody saw coming, hiring Brian Burke as their president of hockey operations. I want to talk about that at some point as well. Um, And maybe the Bills or Sabres will come up. Seems fair that that should happen once or twice. (laughs) We'll see how we go. I think the GOAT chase is over. I'll just say it right out of the front. I think it is over. And that might sound crazy to say, given that Patrick Mahomes, I would consider to be... It's harder to say it after Sunday. Before Sunday, I would have called him the greatest quarterback of all time. I consider the greatest of all time, or whatever we're talking about, to be who did it at the highest level. At any point, who did it at the highest level? Whose peak was the absolute highest? And I think Mahomes has been playing the sport for the last three years at a higher level than anybody ever has. But in, 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 the, in the course of the conversation for the masses, I think it's all but over. Because the mountain he would have to climb now to be unanimously or even majority believing that he's the greatest quarterback in history, the greatest football player ever, What has he got to do now to topple Brady? Because even if he were to pass him in rings, which is eight right now, it's eight, that's seven more Super Bowls. That is way easier said than done by anybody. It is literally the type of stuff. Right. It's the type of stuff two individuals have ever done in, in sports in recent memory. Like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady are like on their own pedestal for how 
much they dominated and how many championships they were able to, to win. But even if Mahomes got to eight, the Brady guy is always going to have in his back pocket. Yeah, but Brady beat him at 43. <laughs> when, you say it like, his prime. when you say that out loud, that is really funny to hear. Yeah, and in 20 years when you say that, you're going to have to go like, like, what's your comeback to that? It's like, yeah, but he has one more. But, like, yeah, Brady beat him when Mahomes was in his prime. Brady did it at an age nobody is even in the league anymore, let alone playing it at the level he's at. I think Brady shut the door on the GOAT conversation for a very long time on Sunday. Joe, I could have this conversation for hours. I love the GOAT talk because – I think there's a major difference between being the best and the greatest at something. And we've talked about this before, but just for the sake of this argument, I'll define what I think it means. The best to me means you are the peak performance-wise. Connor McDavid, probably better than Wayne Gretzky, okay, from a skill standpoint. Greatest to me is how you stack up against your peers, and that's why that's where the nuance and the wiggle room kind of comes in to play with with that discussion because Gretzky was head and shoulders above his peers compared to what McDavid is to his peers. But I don't think there's really any arguing that if you dropped Connor McDavid in the middle of the 1980s that he'd be putting up ridiculous numbers with his current skill set. But it's hard to compare because there's just so many different things, technology, training, blah, 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 right? So greatest to me is how you stack up against your peers. This conversation about Brady and Mahomes is that same thing. I don't think Tom Brady ever played the game at the level Mahomes has the ability to play it. So Brady's a compiler is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, like... But like, there's kinda. no denying that Tom Brady is a winner, okay? But it's not even like he put up a ridiculous stat line in this Super Bowl. His defense really stole the show. His sure. defense absolutely stole the show. And th- th- this conversation needs to have nuance. It's okay to say Tom Brady, fantastic, one of the greatest athletes of all time. But you can also say there has been a lot of luck. In his mm. run to seven Super Bowl victories. There he, has, has, he has never had a defense below eighth in the league That's that he's crazy. won a Super Bowl on. Yeah. Look at Aaron Rodgers' teams. And, and this is another, and I love the hypothetical arguments here. If yeah. you put Aaron Rodgers with Bill Belichick and those New England oh. teams, are we saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't come close to that no, I or think top he, it? He wins at least the same amount. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, how can you say Tom Brady is the greatest? Well, you can say it because you haven't yet been able to see those hypotheticals in action. And and, and this is not me speaking for me. This is me speaking for what I think most sports fans see. They look at the rings, and that's it. They don't look past that. I want to look past it. I know I, I know you it's want to, and year, I want to, too. It's the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> we can look past Super Bowl rings as a reason for calling someone the GOAT. I think what, what he is doing, though, he's at the very least, he's doing something no one else has ever done, and sure. that's helping his case. It's helping his case in my mind a lot, because if he had retired four years ago with the most rings ever, 
I would be banging the drum for Aaron Rodgers being a better all-time quarterback. But one thing that Brady has now got in his cap, one feather he's got that no one else has, and at this point, I know Rodgers hasn't had the chance to do this yet, you know, and other quarterbacks have tried and have started to fail. Rivers has, is done. Like, he started the taper off, and he's just done. Roethlisberger looks shot. Drew Brees couldn't throw more than 10 yards down the field. You know, Rodgers is not yet slowing down, so maybe he'll be the guy to do this also. But to this point, Brady's the only person to play to this age at that level. He is playing at the same level he really did 15 years ago. No. I, no, Are you sure? Not. Yes, I am. He won, and maybe I'm going too, back to too much to team success here, he won no Super Bowls between the ages of 28 and 36. How crazy is that stat, by the way? That is crazy. That he ends up with seven, and he didn't win a single one between 28 and 36. But this year, he was unbelievable. He almost got the 50, or almost got the 5,000 yards. He's throwing 40 touchdowns. Even if, okay, fine. I'll give you he's not the same quarterback he was 15 years ago. But, man, there's not, there's not a steep drop-off anywhere to be seen. And at 43 to do that, that to me... In, in the mind of somebody that doesn't want to just look at the rings, it raises his stature because it's uniqueness. It is, no, maybe not the highest level anyone's ever played the sport at. It's certainly the highest level by a, by a mile of anyone that's played it at that age. And to be able to continue and to be able to, con- to have success the way he has as long as he's been able to have it, I would not put him above Honestly, in my own opinion, I would not put him above Mahomes or, or Rodgers right now. Those two, at playing that sport, playing that position, they're the best two I've ever seen. Okay. I don't think anyone can do it the way they've done it, ever. And I, your hypothetical, I would agree with. Put Mahomes on New England, for a New England-level team, for 15 years like that, he'll win as many as Brady and maybe more. Rodgers on New England the last 15 years, he'd have six rings. I truly believe that. And I go even further down the rabbit hole on that. I think if Philip Rivers was a New York Giant, he'd have two rings. Maybe he'd have three. You know? I think you could do that with a lot of different players. So, I guess I don't know where I want to end up here. I want to end up thinking that I'm okay with everybody considering Brady the GOAT, even though I personally would not put him in, in that spot myself. Okay, so your argument is that it will be very difficult to have yes. any conversation... That yeah. ends with, with anyone. At least, I think it will always be at least a debate because of what happened on Sunday. I think, I'll compare it to the NBA. I think LeBron James is on track where this is gonna, it's going to be him. I think by the end of his career, he's going to be considered the GOAT. And I don't know how strong the case is going to be for the other side, the way it has been for the last five years, where every show on ESPN and ESPN2 for five years has been that debate. Jordan, LeBron. For that long. And it's always been a good debate. I think he is maybe getting to a point, and if he, he, I think he will get to a point, to where it won't be a debate. And I don't think Mahomes can ever achieve that now. I think he could get to a point maybe even where more people think he's better than Brady than not. But I think what Tom Brady did on Sunday is at least, if not win the conversation, keep himself in the conversation 100%. well beyond when he's gone. 100%. And I agree with it. And I'm really not and, – and here's my thing. I'm really not trying to take anything away from Tom Brady. I think what he has done throughout his career has been incredible. And the fact that he won a Super Bowl at 43, like, if you had said that 10 years ago, that would have sounded even miraculous. Okay? But there are certain things when you're talking about the GOAT conversation – 
that I think need to come up. And rings should not be what is dis- should not be the focal point of greatness because it is a team sport. And Tom Brady, while great, has also benefited from being in a great situation for most of his career and even leaving the Patriots. Look at the offense he joined. See, that that I agree with. And I think it was very smart of him because it him leaving New England was the smartest thing I think he could have ever done because he'll get credit for doing it somewhere else and doing it on his own while also getting more help. You know, he's he's going, he's just chasing the help that he had in New England for so long. Finally, the Patriots weren't giving it to him. He goes to Tampa. He gets the help New England had been giving him. And at the same time, he's getting credit for winning without New England. Like, it's, it's a perfect storm for him to do what he just did. But I do at the same time give him some credit for last season in New England. Because of oh, what yeah. happened with the Patriots this year. Yeah. They won ten they won twelve games and won the division. But they also with, won like eight games without needing a an offensive touchdown. That's true. It's another that is th- true. it's another point that goes to he has always been in a good situation. And I'm not taking it, good for him that he's been in a good situation. But <laughs> put Aaron Rodgers in that situation. I think that New England team last year reminds me of a lot of Packer teams. I know the defense is is different because the defense was historically good in terms of scoring. and But the offense was just, it was so bad. It was so thin, and we saw it this year. Just put any old quarterback in there, and it instantly becomes one of the worst offenses in football. And I, and I don't think Brady was great last year, but for him to throw for 4,000 yards and have 24 touchdowns to 8 picks... And that offense to be middle of the pack in terms of total offense in the league, to me that showed how much he really did even elevate them at the end. And even though they weren't a Super Bowl contender, they weren't right there in the championship game last year, Like I think that's at least some small example of there could be holes. There could be holes, especially on the offensive side of the football, and he would be able to overcome them. I think, though, you can't really argue with the point you made about the defense. The fact that he's never won a Super Bowl without a defense in the top eight. And that, of course, last year. Like, they win those 12 games. How many of them are because of the defense? Look a at their lot. team this year. How many they win? Seven? They yeah, win six or seven? Seven and nine. Okay, so the defense probably won them six of those seven this year. Last year, maybe it was the same thing. Maybe it was six or seven or eight for the defense. But he was able to win them four or five more games than any old quarterback you put in there was able to do. Now, And, and now you look back and you see the reports about, like, San Francisco not being interested in him. <laughs> and, like... He at least showed those teams, and he showed the Patriots, and he showed really everybody that last year was not him taking a step back. It was that offense just gave him nothing to work with. And had he been in San Francisco this year, maybe the 49ers would have been winning the Super Bowl. In fact, that might be a better bet than Tampa winning it, of course, if they had Winston in there still. Yeah, so. and I'm not denying that he but this he, was about, sh- he shattered my expectations this year. Yeah, I wasn't expecting anything from the Buccaneers, so but, I'll give him that. But this was originally, by the way, a question about Mahomes. Like at this point, what does Mahomes have to do to be considered the goat? I don't know. I, and here, and the because thing, it's I think you're right. Rings. It's is it is it unrealistic to think that he could get eight rings? Because I kind of do. Well, it's I kind of do think yeah. it is unrealistic. In sports, it's just so hard to do. Yeah, like, like it could happen, 
I'm not ruling it out because I think he's played he's played football better than anyone I've ever seen. So I'm not going to rule it out. But in sports, to sustain what the Patriots did and what Brady did just doesn't happen. Right. We thought the Golden State Warriors were going to do that in the NBA for how long? And it was over in three years. Right. You know, look in hockey, like the like the the Kings and the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks we thought were going to go on like a five six year tear through the league, and they were over after after four or five years. And this isn't the Patriots' fault either, but they also had the three stooges of the NFL in their own division for 20 years. Right. <laughs> that helps. They had some help. I, I, I don't want to get too I mean, bogged down in that, but this, you're right. You could even look at some of the Super Bowls, the Atlanta Super Bowl. Like, the, the ball that Brady threw to, Ed, uh, to Edelman that he made that unbelievable catch on mm-hmm. went through the hands of an Atlanta defender. If he makes that pick, the game's over. Okay? You look at the Seahawks. If they had just run the ball with Marshawn Lynch... Game's over. I mean, there are so many things you can go back to in these Super Bowls, in these seasons, and you can say that he has benefited from a lot of luck. He has benefited from being on a good team. But is he part of the reason that team was good in the first place? Of course. So so you would not call him the GOAT right now? I would call... Ooh, that's a good question. No, I will call Jerry Rice the GOAT. Ooh, okay. Well, this is very different. <laughs> That's a different turn goat, than I thought you were going to take there. Goat quarterback, <laughs> yes, because I think part of being the goat is uh, sustainability, and I think that's part of it. And what he's done throughout his career, the fact that he is also he has the rings to go along with it. As of right now, he is the greatest. But I don't think it's insane to think other players can surpass him. Mahomes, to me, has the talent. He has the ability. He might have the infrastructure around in his team to be able to surpass him. Do I think that Mahomes needs eight rings to surpass Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't. Well, for most people, I think it will. Sure. And For and me, it's not. I, I just don't see rings as being an individual stat. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think this is something that me and you are definitely in the minority on, though. Because right now, like if you ask me that same question back, who's the greatest of all time right now? I think I truly want to answer that question with, it's between two players right now. And Brady's not one of them. It's Rodgers and Mahomes for me. And the simple reason is, and I'll I'll come back to what I started the show with, those two players have played that position at a higher level than anybody ever has. And I don't care about what was around them. I'm watching them, and I'm looking at the production too, and that, of course, is affected by what's around them. But watching them, nobody nobody can do it the way they do, ever. And Rodgers has done it over a 20-year career, and he has done it. I would almost use the situation around him as a point in his favor. I think Rodgers has spent a career overcoming what has been around him. I think the Green Bay Packers... Like, man, I wish I was on radio in Green Bay because this would get me outcasted pretty quick. I think the Packers have robbed Aaron Rodgers of the greatest quarterback career of all time. I think it would be easy to say if they had given him anything near what New England gave Brady. Because he has had a what I think is a bad head coach for a long time who never adapted his schemes. Like, he showed up with his playbook and the way he called plays and, and the route concepts, and he never changed it. Never, Over a decade. Never Mike drafted McCarthy, uh, skill never players. Never did it. Right, they never drafted skill players. He has, co- he has 
thrown touchdown passes to one first-round pick in his career, and is Mercedes Lewis <laughs> at the age of 38 or 37, whatever he is, as a backup tight end. Right. And most of his career, the defense has been subpar. There have been a couple years in there where they've been pretty good. They've really never had a year where they were dominant, like Brady's had in New England and like other quarterbacks have had. Eli and the Giants has had that a bunch of times. Rodgers never had any of that. And, and that- he's still sitting here. At least, like, he's he's not maybe, for most people, he's not sitting on the throne, but he's right there. And that's why that, I think it's so man, important to have context. nuance and context in when you're talking about these things. Because not every situation is the same for every player. And to me, when you can at least hypothetically say, if Tom Brady was traded for Aaron Rodgers in 2001, would the Patriots have had the same success that they did? And I think the obvious answer is yes. When you look at a player like Michael Jordan, if you swapped Michael Jordan for any other player in the NBA NBA at that time in the 1990s, do the Bulls win six championships? The answer is obviously no. They might have won (laughs) one, but they don't win six. And I don't think that still applies to Brady. Brady was in an organization that did it perfectly for 20 years. And he was the benefactor of that, but he was also a major, if not the biggest reason, why that organization was in such a good position. Both things can be true. Mm-hmm. 803-0550 is the phone number. If you want to yell at us out there about what we've just done for the last 20 minutes, feel free, because I'm sure there are plenty of you out there, and I think we're ready to go here. Um, all right, let's start with Steve. Steve, you're first up on the nightcap. What's up? So you guys keep talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes play the game at a different level than Tom Brady. Now, mind you, I'm a Bills fan. I hate Tom Brady, but i got to respect the guy's talent. What level are those other two guys playing a game at? Like, can you describe the level? Because just to say the level doesn't mean anything. Tom Brady's done it for decades, literally, and at the best that none of these guys can compare. Sure. To me, it is being able to run the offense that Rodgers does and what Mahomes does, spread offenses where you are throwing the ball more than Brady is 40-plus times a game. It's being able to throw the football off-platform with the type of accuracy that nobody else in the league is able to do. And it is being able to throw the ball deep as effective as they do, which is, to me, at a level above Brady, even though I'm not going to take that away from him, at least in comparison to these other old quarterbacks, because that is sustained for Brady. But those are the first things that come to my mind. Brett, I don't know about you, but like off-platform throws are two. Those are that's a thing those two guys can do that Brady has never been able to do. And again, those are guys that are in the shotgun ninety plus percent of the time when they are standing back there. They are that those offenses are built to throw the football. And Brady, a lot. How much of his career have you seen him under center, play action, the benefit of great protection? Like, I don't want to give him no credit because of some of the the concepts and the schemes he has run that, to me, make it a lot easier for a quarterback than at least Rodgers. Mahomes, I think, has that too. But I don't think Rodgers has gotten nearly the same schematic benefit that Brady did in his career. Yeah, and it's it's just a talent level, right? Like, that's what I – when I see Rodgers and Mahomes play, it's apparent that their talent is on another level. And I'm not going to – good for Brady for – doing what he's done without the mobility 
without the the ability to throw on the run, and he's really been a pocket passer his entire career. Good for him for making something out of that. But it's obvious that the talent level that Mahomes possesses is superior to what Brady has. Now, Tom Brady has an incredible mind for football, and he's been able to run efficient offense after efficient offense after efficient offense for two decades. And all the power to you, and he's made an incredible career out of that. He's obviously won seven Super Bowls, but to watch him and then watch Patrick Mahomes play. Mm-hmm. And mind you, mind you, this was like the first bad game Patrick Mahomes has had like in his entire career. That's also true. It really is the first. It's like the first one. Look at his career game log. And he was under <laughs> pressure the entire night. And I'm not going to make an excuse because the same thing happened to Josh Allen two weeks ago. Yep. And it was a very similar result. But the bottom line is, Patrick Mahomes has played in this league for years at this point, and he's played like one bad game. Tom Brady is great in his own right, but it goes back to the better versus great argument. Who has the most talent? Who is playing the position at the highest level? And... To me, it's undeniable when you watch Patrick Mahomes play. And this is probably recency bias, too. A lot of people are are feeling because Mahomes did not play great on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and Brady did what he had to do to win, which has pretty much been a lot of the Super Bowls he's won. 803-0550 is the phone number. There is a, I mentioned earlier, there were two different trade rumors on quarterbacks that we could touch on today. In the last few minutes... There's a third name that's being reported on today that, well, I'll just say this. Ian Rappaport says there's legitimate and real trade interest in this quarterback. So a third guy we can talk about when we come back. And, of course, on our first topic there, the GOAT conversation uh, with me and Brendan, feel free to chime in at 803-0550. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. Repeating good habits daily. I've been around some incredible people that have taught me how to do that, and Alex is number one on the list. So I think what we work, you know, we work well together. He's an amazing, talented person. You know, he's the GOAT in my mind, and we've had a great thing going for about 15, 16 years, and I'm trying to tell everyone what to do. I've written a book. You know, anyone who listens, I tell them, but, you know, it's going to be up to everybody what kind of commitment they want to make to see their own level of success. I think all this sports science stuff's beginning to change and guys are gonna play longer, play out there. If they do the right things, it takes a level of discipline, commitment, determination, all those things, but it certainly works for me. And I feel great, I feel great. He's gonna live forever, he's gonna play forever. That's Tom Brady. 46 he goes to now probably. What would the over under be for when he retires? 44 and a half? No, it's got to be higher than that, doesn't it? 45? I have no idea. I just can't. I cannot believe we're still having this conversation. <laughs> well, at least it's not with him on the Patriots. So. Right. I didn't I didn't really. Did you feel anything about him winning? I didn't. I oh, just yeah. Have a, I, I hated it. I hated it. You hated it? I, oh, I, I just hated didn't. It. Like, I, I hated him because he was on the Patriots. No, I hated him because he ruined my childhood. As a sure. Um, but he did it on the Patriots. I know, but he still did it. I wasn't able to separate that. Now, I got more enjoyment out of watching Bill Belichick throw a phone against a wall. <laughs> like, that was definitely 
greater the, the enjoyment Bills than I would have had if, if you know Mahomes had beaten Brady. Sure. But I was very easily rooting for Kansas City in that game. I never had an issue with that. I never even had a wonder about it. I don't have any ill will towards Kansas City. I don't care that they were mean to us last week. Like, yeah, Chris Jones. Put, I'm. It's it's hard for me to get built up in that when I also see like John Feliciano throwing a kidney shot that led to Chris Jones punching him in the head. You know, and it's hard for me to separate. Okay, yeah, he went over and stand, stood over Allen, but Allen threw the football at him. Although that one might be a little different because I thought the hit was late before that, and I loved that Allen did that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just didn't get as built up after that game. I never, it never felt close to me after the first quarter. Had that been a down to the wire game and all of that had been happening, then maybe I would feel differently. Sure. Like I watched. I found I, myself rooting for the Bucks though. Really? Yeah. I told you last week I didn't know you who didn't. I wanted to root for. It will probably come down to just like in the moment, my body will just all of a sudden like, yeah, my brain will just. Tell me that's your team that you're rooting for tonight. See, I was never like that, even as a kid. Like, it wasn't just blindly, okay, I'm rooting for my guy here. Mm. You know, like, especially, like, with the Sabres, when there was all the extracurricular stuff after the whistle. Like, I would see, like, there would be times where, like, this year, remember, there was a play earlier in the year. It was against Philly. It's where Carter Hutton gets hurt. Where Brandon Montour throws a flyer defenseman into Hutton, and Hutton gets hurt. Yeah. You know, like, some fans would be like, yeah, pound him into the ground, like the Flyers defenseman that ends up making contact. But I would always be like, Montour's the one that hit him. Like, he <laughs> deserves to be the one getting his head caved in right now, you know? Like, I don't know. That's just how I'm geared. And I guess because of that, I never even thought about rooting for Tampa Bay in that game. Plus, it's Tampa Bay. What, what, do, they, what, what do they do to deserve this? Because it's warm there? Two Super Bowls, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like Two what? Super right? Bowls for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That franchise is a disaster for their <laughs> for their existence. They they get two Super Bowls. They get Brady. That was it was just stupid. Uh, I didn't think they I didn't think they deserved it. This guy just shows up on their doorstep and boom, they won. Maybe I'm a little jealous of that. They they built they, a hell of a defense though. I will give them that. They did, and you know what? Eric Eager made this point earlier from PFF, which opened the Bulldog that. Tampa got lucky down the stretch. David Bakhtiari not playing for the Packers. Eric Fisher not playing for the Chiefs. The Chiefs missing three other offensive linemen. That pass rush, yeah, looked amazing with with Shaquille Barrett and Dominican Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul. But they got an incredible benefit of getting to avoid two of the better left tackles in football. Bakhtiari more than Fisher. Fisher... Maybe gets built up that way because he's the first overall yeah. pick, but he's still really good. He's he's fine, yeah. So, I don't know. Like they that that pass rush though was electric, and I think looking at the Bills off season, I think last week I had arrived at a point where I wanted them to focus on wide receiver. Like I wanted them to go all in on we're just going to out throw Kansas City. Are That's you the ch- way to do it. Are you changing direction? Not completely, but a little bit. I'm definitely hedging a bit because watching Tampa. Like, they, they just looked more dynamic. There are athletes all over that field. And the Bills have a lot of guys that are just solid, do their jobs, steady Eddie. Like, they're always going to be in position. But how many of them are elite athletes Devin on the Bills' White, defensive man. side of the football? On the Bills' side of the football, they don't have a Devin White. They don't have even a Shaquille Barrett. They don't have a Winfield, even in the back. Maybe Poyer is close, yeah. close to that. Like, Poyer might be their best athlete on the whole defensive side of the football. They, they don't have a lot of those guys. Even Tredavious White. Tredavious White is one of the best technique corners in football. 
but he's not running with Tyreek Hill in a straight line, you know? And, and on, the, on the defensive end, like Mario Addison is not burning left tackles with his insane foot speed and his spin moves. Hughes could do that in his prime, and he still does that to some level. But I need some guys like that. Tremaine Edmonds doesn't even give me – I would have thought Tremaine Edmonds gave me what Devin White gives me. You know, Tremaine Edmonds is still younger than Devin White. Yeah, I know. Mike Clay from ESPN was tweeting about him today that this is going to be Tremaine Edmonds' fourth NFL season, and he doesn't even turn 23 for, like, another three months. That seems so crazy <laughs> to me. It's just, like, unfathomable. So, no, part of me is hedging. That, like, yeah, this is why at the beginning of the offseason I was dead set on they need a franchise pass rusher. I still think they need a franchise pass rusher. I might still put my personal priorities for what I'd like to see them do at wide receiver first. But they they need a natural pass rush like Tampa has. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was with you. Now, the question is, how do you acquire a premier defensive end or defensive lineman? How do you go about obtaining that piece? Because it's it's easy to say, oh, we need a guy like that who is just on a four-man rush Mm-hmm. You know, producing constant pressure, but it's a completely other. If that was so easy to do it, then there would be one on the Bills. Yeah. So like, how do you well, how do you go about using your assets to acquire that player? And with their draft position, thirtieth in the draft, it's going to be difficult to find an immediate impact pass rusher. Do you well, do it by trade? Do you do it free agency? Yeah. And that's kind of the question. I still like the idea of us going offense in the draft because I think a guy on offense has a better chance, not 100%, but a better chance of making an immediate impact, a dynamic impact this year. Me, me too. I think, though, I wouldn't just completely absolve them of they, – they don't necessarily have that pass rusher because of their draft capital and where their other priorities have lied because – They've drafted that position with A.J. Epinesa, and they could have went with a different approach. They could have gone with a less of a sure thing at defensive end, but knowing there's a higher ceiling. When they drafted A.J. Epinesa and we started learning about more of what he is as a player and what he projects to be, he was never going to be a franchise pass rusher. They no. drafted him to replace Shaq Lawson. Right. Like he, You knew he was probably going to be solid, but didn't have that upside. And maybe the next time you draft that position, maybe it doesn't even have to be the first round. It could be second round, it could be third round. Maybe you draft a guy who's undersized, who maybe flames out at the chance of, man, this guy, if he figures out the pass rush moves, he's got the foot speed, he's got the spin moves, he's got the bull rush that like this guy is going to be a headache. So a for raw so a raw talent. Yeah, and like because they do that at other positions. They did a quarterback. Right. <laughs> Where's my Josh Allen for defensive end? Where's my project defensive end that can become a franchise pass rusher? They've never had that guy in this team since McDermott got here, have they? Have they took a big swing for a raw pass rusher anywhere? Free agency? Late in the draft? It's not Epinesa. Daryl Johnson? Maybe. I mean, that's a seventh-round pick, but that actually, you're right, that might be the closest thing you've got to it. So, you know what? Like, I want to see them draft Rondell Moore. I've been very clear about that. Like, I want Rondell Moore at 30. So bad. But say he's gone, or maybe they just don't even want to consider offense. If they do draft a defensive end or a linebacker that's a pass rusher at 30, maybe you take a swing on a guy that might flame out if you think you can get 
a double-digit sack guy out of him. And I'm okay with that. And Because at the same time, like you mentioned free agency and trade, I don't have one name that I am in love with yet. Mm. Like Trey Hendrickson is the top sack getter in free agency, and no. Yeah. <laughs> Just n- not a fan. Right. I think you he mentioned had a career Bud Dupree year. last week, I believe, right? Bud Dupree. He's got the cl- – I think he's the closest thing to what I've talked about so far. Uh, Matt Judon's got the athleticism, but he just hasn't – he's older, and I don't know that he's got that level of play anymore. Von Miller is at the end of his career. Maybe it's Shaq Barrett, but he's 29 as well. I don't, I don't know what I'm – I don't really know what I'm looking for in free agency and tr- the trade market. I don't see that guy available. Now, if I could poach somebody and like make them an offer, maybe somebody becomes unhappy at some point in this offseason – like a TJ Watt, I, there's no reason to think that would ever happen. Yeah, exactly, I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm like a guy like that. Right, is what I'm saying. Like that guy says, eh, I might want to get paid, and they don't want to pay him, and then the Bills go trade what they did for Stephon Diggs. I need a Stephon Diggs trade at defensive end. That's how I'd like to see them accomplish it. Okay, and I'd be cool with that too. If they had to part with a first for something like that, I'd be. Would you be okay with that? That means no Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. but would you be okay with it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I want Rondell Moore though. <laughs> I want Rondell Moore so bad. You don't even understand. Like I just think he would be so fun in this offense. I do too. I want that player. And and that is as we mentioned a piece that's missing. It's not like they have that dynamic that Michael Hardman mm-hmm. or you know Tyreek Hill light that the the Chiefs have. But after watching that game, it has become apparent to me that the Bills need to do something about four man pressure. Definitely. Um, a good way to do this, and I'm not going to do this now, but maybe I will. Uh, I'll do this in the break. See if I can come back with someone now or do it uh, for tomorrow's show. The best way to find out, like who could be on the radar of a guy that could become unhappy, you look at guys in contract years. You look at guys who might have a fifth year option coming up that have yet to be paid, and for whatever reason, there's no extension yet with their team. That's the list of players you should be looking for. So I might dive into that a little bit. But I want to talk some hockey when we come back. The Pittsburgh Penguins did something very strange today that I did not see coming. Most did not see coming. We'll get to that when we come back here on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keith. His competitiveness is more crazy than I thought it was. He just gets more and more, and he just gets more energy every single year. His energy was just, for 43 years old, it was just tremendous, man. It's just infectious. It just wears off on other players. It wears off on myself. Just his leadership skills, I would say, went to another level than i ever seen before. That is Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski after the Super Bowl. No way he comes here, right? Like, he's Brady or boss for him. I'm not betting on it. I would think if he had a desire to play for his hometown team, he would have done it. Right. Already. But so. who knows? Isn't it crazy that him and Travis Kelsey are the same age? That is mind-blowing that they're both 31. Because you would think they're like eight years apart. Right. Given their athleticism. And that's why when people say Kelsey might surpass Gronk as the greatest tight end no. ever, no way. He doesn't have the time to do no it. No way. Gronk's already been Kelsey for more than a decade. Ten years. Yeah, because yeah, Gronk <laughs> didn't take four years to get going. Kelsey, people forget, was like a slow starter. Right. Rookie year, he didn't even play. And then the next two years, like he was good, but... Like, he was very good. 800 yards, five touchdowns in each year. Like, that's very good. But then is when he really took off. Like, 1,000 yards every year since. A couple t- double-digit touchdown years. 
100 receptions. Like, he took three years before he really became, like, oh, he's the best tight end in football. Like, right. Jimmy Graham, even, before him, had was, like, there with Gronk. But that, obviously, was derailed very quickly once he left New Orleans. Um, all right, we have not yet talked about these trade rumors for the quarterbacks. We'll start with the least sexy name, and we'll work our way to the most sexy name. Marcus Mariota, the trade interest is real, according to Ian Rappaport, with the Raiders. And I think this is probably what I would have guessed they do. There was that report last week that they would trade Derek Carr for two first-round picks if they could then package that with two more first-round picks and get Deshaun Watson. Okay, that was never going to happen. So the Raiders are not going to trade Derek Carr if that's their asking price. So I think it makes sense that they would move Mariota because if I am a team that needs a plan B, I think I could do worse than him. I would rather have a Winston for free than give up an asset for Mariota. I've said multiple times I think Mariota might be shot because of that nerve damage in his elbow. Every time he throws the football when he was wearing out his uh, welcome in Tennessee, every time I saw him throw him, like, there's no velocity on it. Like, there's just nothing, there's no heat off his throw. But I will say in that limited action with the Raiders, they look different. Like, he was throwing it down the field. He was lasering some balls in there. So maybe that extra year of recovery really helped him. Um, He is kind of what I think might happen with New England. Like, that level of player, and maybe it ends up becoming Mariota. Doesn't he make sense for New England to you? Um, they want a mobile guy. <laughs> the reporting is they want to keep a. They want a mobile guy. I don't think that would be good enough. Well, no, I would hope as a Bills fan, I would hope that happens. Right. I, I just I, there is so much pressure in that market because of the way Belichick and the organization approached the quarterback position last offseason. How cavalier they were about it. I think there's a lot of pressure on them to address the situation, and that does not mean take a gamble on another guy who's seen better days. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it does make sense if they aren't going after a quarterback. Maybe even if they are. What? We'll just throw a situation out there. If they take Mac Jones at 15, okay, and they get a guy like Mariota, okay, you know, I, I don't know many people who think Mac Jones is ready to step in right away and be this Jer- Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert-esque player. Yeah, no. So maybe that would be good. I don't know. I just, like, the the Patriots have so many issues. It it seems, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where they start with this offseason. I really don't. That's kind of where it comes down to. I don't know where you start. Do you... Uh, I think if I'm them, I trade up and I draft somebody. Maybe really? I get my hands on Trey Lance. Even with how bad that roster is? Like, what's the point? Uh, no, I would want to start over completely. No, I, I get the start over, but where do you start over? Do you do you want the cart before the horse? Do you what come, the, the chicken and the egg argument. Do you build a team that will <laughs> have success once you plug in a rookie quarterback, or do you draft a rookie quarterback in hopes that yeah. you can build a team around him. Maybe you do it the Bills way then. Maybe you 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 draft a class without the quarterback. Shed some bad contracts. You shed some bad contracts. You accept that you're going to be bad for a year, and then you get the quarterback the next year. Maybe stockpile some picks along the way for next year's draft in case you got to move up at all. Yeah, I think that's 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 a good route. I think I would take that. Um, for a look, team that's so depleted, I just cannot I imagine them trading more assets to get a quarterback and then put that Gilmore, quarterback in a position that uh, doesn't seem like he could succeed. Right. Gilmore, I think, has one more year. He would be a guy maybe they could get a first-round pick out of. Um, 
Yeah, he's got one more year in his contract at a reasonable cap hit. I mean, $15 million for him is not that bad. Right. It was a 22 last year. Uh, so maybe they can squeeze a first round out of him. I don't know how many other guys they could do that with, but that's one player. Um, all right, two other guys real quick that there's trade rumors about. Carson Wentz, we don't need to go into him because we talked about him for like a week. The Eagles are nuts. They are not getting two first-round picks. Uh, the latest reporting on this a couple minutes ago actually was Chicago is starting to get impatient with the Eagles. They think that the Eagles are losing leverage, that they are asking for too much, and then maybe the Bears are going to go to somebody else. Maybe it's Mariota, but maybe they're going to go try to trade for someone else, try to sign Winston, try Russell to do something Wilson. Else. And Russell Wilson is the third name we need to talk about here. I am not I am not just ruling out that this is I I'm not thinking that this is nothing. I think this could be something. There were reports 2 years ago that Sierra, his wife, Wanted Ciara? Ciara. Ciara, thank, thank you. That she wants to live in New York. And, like, all the Giant fans were going crazy. Like, oh, the Giants are going to get Russell Wilson. Both of those teams could be in play if he were to really be available. And he had opportunity today to be like... Like, Dan Patrick asks him the question right. about the report of teams calling for him. Russell Wilson very easily could have just said, you know what, I want to be a Seahawk forever, I'm under contract, I'm only focused on next year winning, like, you know, the same old quarterback answer you normally get. Wilson takes a different route, and he says, oh, I believe teams are calling, and I don't know if I'm available. That's a Seahawks question. That's a quote. That's a Seahawks question from him. That is not squashing rumors. That's something you say if there is something really going on behind the scenes. I think he could be moved. I think if I had to rank likelihood of who gets moved, he's below Watson and Wentz and Darnold and maybe even Mariota, but he's somewhere on that list in a reasonable spot. Why would the Giants want Wilson? They have Danny Dimes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can't believe they're going in. I can't believe there's no rumors about them. There's so many good quarterbacks on the market. They're going to go again. And Jones is at a point where he's like five bad games away from getting benched. You know, like year three, you're still not cutting it. You start 0-4, that's when that guy gets benched. And then what are they at? Colt McCoy? Go trade for Russell Wilson if you're the Giants. Or the Jets could do it. Although if I'm the Jets, do I want Justin Fields or do I want Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. He is 32. So he's got and are they so he's got eleven more years at least. They're also not <laughs> they're also not really built to win right now. How quickly could they get that up and going? Right. With, I, you'd probably take Fields. I don't know if that has to be Fields, though, because he's also not like thirty six. Like they could think to themselves, we'll be good for a year. Yeah. We'll be in a playoff hunt. Maybe we don't make it. And then we think by twenty twenty two we could be like with the Bills. Like that's reasonable. You could turn that around in a year. The Dolphins just did it. If the Dolphins had Russell Wilson, they might have won the division. So, I'm very interested to see where that goes. And to see if any reports come out about who would be calling Seattle about him. Carolina, I'm sure, would be in that mix. Maybe Pittsburgh. You know, like There would be a lot of interesting teams for that. So, we'll keep an eye on all of these, uh, these trade rumors. Um, and hopefully, we'll be more to talk about tomorrow with them. So, thanks everybody for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports at Brendan Keeney, and we will talk to you tomorrow at 7 here on the Nightcap on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.